You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on Rachel and Gabby's upcoming season of The Bachelorette and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 279. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Great show for you this week. we got the host of Temptation Island joining us. Mark Wahlberg is on the podcast for his annual stop by to give us a little rundown of the season. We review or recap last night's episode two, and then we'll get a little overview on the season, not giving away any spoilers or anything, but uh, Mark's thoughts on what we can expect to see later on the season. That's coming up in a little bit. There are a lot of things to cover before we get to Mark, so let's just get right to them. I've got some bullet points here. I've been out of the loop since last week. You haven't heard from me since last Thursday, other than yesterday on social media, giving you the guys' uh, last names and Instagram accounts for the 35 men that were posted on the Bachelorette Facebook page, and they are... I've got 34 of the 35. Michael V is the only one I don't have. I think he's 31 from Long Beach. So if I find out who it is, I will add him to my Instagram feed. But you've got 34 of the 35 guys now. Obviously, a lot of things being sent to me in the last 24 hours. I've got T on this guy. I've got T on this guy. And again, if I wanted to just do the gossip thing, I would be posting all of it and I'm not going to. I'll leave that up to the other Instagram accounts. They post everything that anybody sends them. So let them do that. It's not what I'm doing anymore. I've changed. You know I haven't done that since last April. It's not what I'm going to do anymore. If somebody wants to tell me something about a contestant that they find troubling, then they can come on the podcast or they can do an interview and put their name behind it and give a detailed description of what happened. And everybody that's come forward to me since last April, when I asked them, well, what do you want me to do with this? It turned into, well, I just wanted you to know. And I think it was privately, subtly, they were kind of hoping that I would just run with it because they want to out a contestant for something. Being a jerk, being a player. And, you know, some of them were a little more serious than that. But I'm like, look, I just not in the business of doing that anymore. If you want to tell your story, go ahead. You have a platform here but I'm not going to be the middleman anymore and just relay stories of people that were, you know, well, all the stories vary. I can't just say one thing, but that they were done wrong by somebody that they saw as a contestant on the show. It's like, okay. Even the real serious ones. It's like, what do you want me to do with this? <laughs> I, I I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a legal expert. I'm not a, I'm not someone that I'm surprised I'm even being told some of the things that I've been told, but you know, there's just come a time where I'm just, like I said, you know, this all started about a year ago. I'm just like, I'm done with it. I'm not, I'm done being the old person. It does me no good anymore. doesn't get me anywhere. And I know you guys all love the tea and want to hear the tea and want to hear dirt on contestants, but go get that from the other gossip mongers on, on Instagram and TikTok because it's, it's not going to come from me anymore, and just because there wasn't any benefit for me. And, um, you know, if someone wants to put anybody wants to put their name behind it, that I'm all for, but nobody wants to. So doesn't mean it's not true, because sometimes they've shown me proof and evidence that, like, wow, okay. But they show it to me to prove they're not lying, but they also don't want to be associated with it. Because that'll get led back to them. And anybody, you know, we've done this long enough to know that anybody that speaks out against a contestant on the show, especially somebody that's liked, gets harassed. And gets told they're a liar, gets told they're a scorned ex, gets told they're jealous. And sometimes it's not that case. But because patronation is so toxic and everything is black and white to them and there's no gray area. And if it's somebody that they like, they can't look at it objectively. That's why these people don't want to come forward. So you can almost blame you can almost blame their own fan base for why people don't want to come forward and tell stories because they know they're going to get attacked. So a lot from uh, from last night in the last 24 hours, 
So Gabby and Rachel just going to have to navigate it themselves and find out themselves um, about these guys as we go forward. In terms of the filming, you know, last week uh, I was in Las Vegas from Wednesday until this past Sunday night or Sunday. And, you know, I was just um, not thrilled with the way my bets were going, put it that way. <laughs> Craps tables were good. I couldn't pick a fucking game in March Madness. I won games here and there, but anytime I really wanted to go big on a game or parlay it with another game, I just I could not I could not get going. And so yeah, it wasn't the greatest. I've certainly had better weekends, especially March Madness weekends. And I uh, thought I had really put a lot of thought into uh, a lot of studying into in the games. And I just didn't do well. But still had a blast because I'm telling even though I didn't have a great weekend betting games, like I said, crap tables kind of helped me out, <clears throat> evened it out for me, but it's still the best weekend. I'll, I'll never, I'll never not go first week of March Madness. It is the best time to be in Vegas. If you're a sports fan, it's just, it's just so cool to watch 16 games <laughs> Thursday and Friday. And, you know, at staggered times, it's just awesome. And the, the energy and the sports book is back last year. I went, you know, we were, Three months into vaccines being released, you still had to wear a mask back then. This time it was full throttle, no masks. It was packed at the Venetian Sportsbook, and it was so much fun, despite not winning. So <clears throat> with that said, very, um, you know, so I'm hearing things, and I, you know, I, I, I will admit that I just wasn't as up-to-date on Bachelor stuff, and I was posting stuff. I thought filming began last Friday. And then I got back, and I was like, I think it's starting Wednesday. So those two were wrong. Filming starts this Saturday. Men release yesterday. You can go on my Instagram highlights. Go on my Instagram stories. They should still be there, but only a few more hours left. But they're also in my Instagram feed. 34 of the 35 guys. Michael V is the only one I don't have. So you can look at their Instagrams, and you can look at their faces and their full names and where they're from. All on my Instagram feed. As for filming... Here's what I've been told. Definitely start Saturday. As of right now, they are not sure how the format is going to go. And look, something like this, it's not like it's going to take a very long time to figure out what they want to do, but I heard there's a couple different directions they could go with this in terms of do from night one, do we give Gabby her own man and Rachel her own man and there's no crossover? Or do we kind of let it go like a Joe Millionaire thing where it's, it's kind of free-flowing and open to both of them, and then at some point the women are going to have to make a decision on a guy that I want him and or the guy's going to have to make a decision as well. He's going to have to choose one woman. So that when I say that, that, that the format, that's what I'm talking about. I've heard it hasn't been decided yet, and we've still got you know two more days, so it's not going to take very long to figure out, okay, how are we going to do this? So I've heard that they're going to do three episodes in L.A., and I can tell you that the first travel location after LA is they're going to Paris and you know there you know there were rumors going around I, I talked about it when I went on Dave Neal's podcast live right after the finale last Tuesday you know the rumors about you know possibly having this virgin cruise line as uh, you know there was an email going around it was sent to me weeks ago that a American television network bought out Virgin Cruise Line to film a TV show. And there, everyone seemed to jump to the conclusion that it was definitely Bachelorette. Like, I was like, okay, it could be, but there's nothing in this email that says it's definitely the Bachelorette. And Dave and I talked about all the scenarios, and it just seemed weird that how would they pull that off? Would the dates be on the boat? When somebody gets eliminated, where would they go? Do you just throw them overboard? Like, what? There was just a lot of logistical things. that I was just like, I was, I don't know if this is for Bachelorette. Well, come to find out that there's like a Love Boat reboot, Love Boat dating show reboot that was picked up by one of the networks, and that's going to air this summer. So it looks like that could be it. I have not heard anything about that cruise line being about Bachelorette. And now knowing that they're going to Paris as the first location outside of L.A., they're doing three episodes in Los Angeles and heading to Paris. And I know this it's first because I know the dates. And it makes it, it, it everything lines up with Saturday being uh, the limo entrances and then three episodes in L.A., then heading to Paris. 
I just don't see them going to Europe for one episode then coming back to the States. Because if you go to Europe, you're probably going to do three stops, maybe even four. Because we know episode seven is always the last episode before Hometowns. So, do you do three episodes? If you do three episodes in Europe, what do you come back to the States and do one episode on a cruise? Like, I just, I don't think the cruise is for Bachelorette. I really don't. I haven't heard that it is. And now knowing that they're going to Paris for episode four, that's one location I definitely know about. Doesn't seem like the cruise thing is happening. And it's part of this show. It's probably part of that Love Boat show. But I haven't, um, I just haven't heard that this, that cruise is, has anything to do with Bachelorette. Now, in terms of other things that are going on with Bachelorette filming, I know a lot of you have tons of questions. How is this going to work? What's with the guys? And like I said, the format has not been decided. And I know you want answers right away, but you, we're not going to have answers until the show starts filming. And when the show starts filming, I'm sure I'm going to hear some stuff, and I will relay it to you and just tell you, like, oh, hey, this is this is how things are kind of going. But in terms of... You know, Dave and I discussed this finale night, and I wrote this in my column. Because we don't know, this is the first time they've ever done this. Just because Double Shot at Love did it, and just because other countries did a two-lead thing, doesn't mean that The Bachelorette's going to follow the same format. We don't know anything about how this show is going to be filmed until it starts filming. I know that sounds pretty simple, but it's fact. We don't know. Once it starts filming, we'll find more stuff out and as we go along. When they get to hometowns, we know when there's a regular season, a hometown gets four hometown dates. Well, there's two women now. Are we really going to do eight hometown dates? Are we really going to get six overnight dates, three with each woman? Like, we just don't know. And when we do, I'll let you know. But I, I, I've gotten it sent to me so much about how is this going to work. And my answer to everybody is, I don't know. I really don't. And hopefully I will once season starts filming and we start getting some clues about things. We don't know if each woman's going to get a one-on-one every episode. Or if they do a group date, is Rachel going to have a set of guys on her group date and Gabby's going to have her set of guys on a group date? Or is it going to be one large group date where the two of them are part of it? Again, we do not know. So we'll find stuff out. Paris is where they're going right after L.A., I heard one other country, but that one hasn't been confirmed. Paris has been confirmed. That's why I'm revealing it today. Another country that I've heard has not been confirmed as of yet, but it's in Europe. So if I can get it confirmed, I'll let you know. So that's where we're at with Bachelorette. I want to give one final thought on the Clayton and Susie stuff, because when I was flying to Vegas last Wednesday, I did listen to Bachelor Happy Hour. Now, if you listen to Bachelor Happy Hour with Clayton and Susie, you know that that thing was recorded probably two to three days before the finale aired because they didn't ask them, you know, Becca and Serena P did not ask them one question about what happened at the after the final rose or anything that happened with Clayton on stage with Rachel and Gabby. So, you know, it was filmed, but it recorded before. So clearly Becca and Serena P knew what was going to happen in the finale days before it aired. So I did listen to it though. And the bottom line for me is, and, and I read another interview. This wasn't part of the Bachelor Happy Hour podcast, but Susie has said, like, when she was thinking of getting back with Clayton, she spoke with Gabby. And Gabby told Susie, like, look, I don't think he's a bad guy. I don't think he did anything maliciously. And so, for me, that's like, Susie and Clayton seem happy. You follow them on Instagram. They're doing stuff. Uh, they, they Again, more of their personality, just like Matt. James, you see more of his personality on his Instagram than you do in two months of watching him on TV. Same with Clayton and Susie. They look like they're having a fun time. Clearly, Gabby doesn't hate Clayton. He did her bad. He did he did Rachel bad, of course. But they don't think he's a bad guy. There's two ways to look at that. And it's not, again, not everything is so black and white. He can He can do something bad but not be a bad guy with bad intentions. And I just, and I think that's the case with him. If Susie can ask Gabby and Gabby's cool with it and Gabby can admit that he's not a bad guy and he, he, she didn't think he did anything maliciously I just don't understand the furor of going after Clayton on social media and just I hate this guy and Susie's a moron for taking him back like look it's their relationship just let him go if he's this bad of a guy then eventually she's going to find out and they'll break up but 
that's all I needed to hear from Susie. They seem happy. The interview was, you know, pretty standard. I wish I would have gotten a little more information about, like, all the times they did spend together. It sounds like they spent a lot of time together over the last four months. And, um, but yeah, good for them. Happy for them. Things are going well. And, you know, we move on. There's no reason to just dwell on what happened to Clayton and why is Susie with him and what is, why, why is he moving to Virginia for her? What, who cares? They're happy. They want to start a relationship. Good for them. Uh, the last order of business here. I don't know. I, I think I know where this came from. I think this came from TikTok because somebody that literally parroted my spoilers threw in there that BIP was being canceled. Paradise was being canceled. I don't know where this came from. I can tell you that I know they're talking to contestants about Paradise. So if Paradise was canceled, I don't think they would be interviewing contestants and talking to them about it and telling them to leave their schedule open. So I know the whole July 11th start date for Rachel and Gabby season kind of threw people off, but that doesn't throw anything off because all it does is Bachelorette is still filming in the same slot, still filming mid-March or this Saturday. What's the date Saturday? The, uh, 26th, end of March to mid-May, and it'll air July 11th. Usually it airs first episode. Katie's was June 7th. Before that, it was always last week of May or second to last week of May, second to last Monday in May. They're pushing it back, but that doesn't mean anything in terms of Paradise. Paradise films in June, all of June. Usually June 7th to June 28th is the rough estimate of when Paradise usually films, and then it just airs after Bachelorette. Well, Bachelorette, instead of starting in end of May, beginning of June, and ending end of August, beginning of, um, or end of July, beginning of August, Bachelorette is just going to end end of September, and then we could just go right into Paradise. So I don't know why everyone was so hell-bent out of shape that Bachelor in Paradise was canceled when it wasn't. Nobody ever, nobody ever confirmed that it was canceled. A, a a TikTok gossip monger who literally parroted my spoilers when he when I after I said that Clayton and Susie got engaged, he said the exact same thing. And then he threw in there, oh by the way, Paradise is uh canceled. I'm hearing Paradise is canceled. Okay, well, I guess consider the source. That's all I'm gonna say. Anyway, let's get going. Temptation Island, episode two was last night. It was a good one. It's always good to have host Mark Wahlberg on. So here we are with podcast number 279. All right, let's bring him in. Uh, he is the host of Temptation Island, now going on season four. You can see it every week on the USA Network at 9, 8 Central, episode two. Aired last night. We have him on every season. Always a great talk. It is Mark Wahlberg. Mark, what's up? Not much. How are you? I'm doing really good. Um, I really want to dive into this season. Um, we talked to you at the beginning of every season, and this season, we're two episodes in, so there is some stuff that we can actually cover as opposed to just you giving us a glimpse of what to expect. We've seen a few things right now. So yeah. the first thing I want to talk about uh, in episode two last night, mm-hmm. the, the, the first glimpse of cheating that we get is Ash making out with Taylor in the bed. And if you were to ask me before the season of the eight people involved in the couples who would, you know, quote unquote, stray first, I thought Ash would be, I'd put her eighth only because she's the one that seems attached to Hanya in the relationship. He wants the open relationship because of the distance. She doesn't seem to be down for that. Not surprising. Of course he wants his cake and eats it too. What, what did you make of her being the first to, you know, quote unquote, cheat or stray here? Well, first of all, um, I think if I remember correctly that Hanya and Ash kind of had an agreement that this wasn't really cheating in their book. Yeah, kissing was allowed, yeah. Kissing was allowed, and I think she did put a pillow fort between the two of them, or pillow wall. Yeah. Um, And, you know, those were very effective. Yeah. I say with jokes. But, um, you know... I've come to know that uh, anything that I predict or that I expect gets thrown out the window. Things get real very quickly and things change very quickly. And um, and I'm always uh, every season I get surprised when you first saw Hanya and Ash arrive on the island and then had dinner with them and and just got their vibe. What did you first think of or what did what kind of first crossed your mind when you looked at these two? 
I'm tr- uh, I think that I was um, I was concerned for Ash because mm-hmm. she seemed um, nervous and upset, and I was uh, I think I was intrigued by Hanya because he uh, is very quick, has a lot to say, right? He has a lot to say, and I know that he's thinking on a higher level, but I I, I was trying to listen to see. You know, if he's spinning behavior or actually searching for some answers. Yeah, he's he's a guy that I'm 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 really curious to dive into these next you know the rest of the season and see exactly where his journey goes. Um, the promos for the season kind mm-hmm. of lay out. Uh, if you if you if you pause in the right spots. You can, kind of, you can you kind of see where Hanya goes with with this, but does it necessarily mean they break up? No, we we just don't know. Obviously, you know, but um, what happens to the end? But I mean, they're an interesting couple, and the other one that I think is probably, if I were to say, who do you think is the most polarizing character of the eight? Not not including, not going to jump into the singles yet, but of the polarizing character within the four couples. Just just early social media response seems to be Luke. That he's almost Luke. Yeah. That he's very kind of broy, says dog a lot, that he's just kind of almost it almost seems like he's very on for the camera every time. Great soundbite guy, great TV. Um, but it almost well, seems like he's almost too much. He uh I, I can see where people get that with him. He um, uh, you know, he's a young guy and he's he appeared to me at the beginning to be very aware of how he's being perceived. Mm-hmm. I guess that's what we're talking about here. And so, yeah, and he, and he's quite glib and he's, you know, he's, you know, got a smile on and want, you know, wants everybody to be happy. Um, but I'll tell you without giving away too much that, you know, he rolls his sleeves up and, and gets into it, you know, and, and really wants to, you know, he wants to learn and wants to, Find a way to get through this. Well, we saw so, little, uh, we saw a little bit of it. You. Okay, you know, I was going to say we saw a little bit of this last night at the at the bonfire. He's the first guy to look at a clip, and it was it was Iris um, talking to somebody. I can't remember which single it was, but basically telling that somebody that he likes to text ex women that he's hooked up with in the past, and she doesn't know why. And then when you brought it up to him. I mean, it, it it started to make him tear up a little bit about, I don't know why I do this. And it is an interesting dynamic of he's actually acknowledging the fact that he's not trying to defend himself. He's not trying to make <clears throat> excuses for it. He's acknowledging that he's trying to get some sort of validation somewhere and is not getting it from his girlfriend. And what then gets explored with him is, you know, what I what I love about this is that they come to the island thinking it's about them. You know, it's either about the the other person in their relationship. You know, it's about Iris or it's about me or whatever. And it usually is about something else deeper Yeah. Um, that has them create a relationship that's like this. So we get into it a little bit, and I won't say too much, but we get into his relationship with his family, Iris's relationship with her family. And, um, and if you remember from the final dinner on the first episode – that was the word that got him teary the first time. You know, he mentioned family. And I said, you know, as soon as you say family, your whole demeanor changes. And he kind of broke into tears right there. Yeah. So he's he's got a lot of lot to unpack in his personal life um, that maybe some of the answers of why he texts other women and does the things that he does in the past. It's interesting because it almost it almost kind of reminds me of I'm already forgetting the name of the couple last season that got engaged. Chris, uh, uh, J- Kristen, and uh, and Julian. Christian, and Kristen, and you know, at a bonfire, the she never really got to, I don't know, address or just kind of put it in the back of her mind um, the death of her brother, and then that got brought in. It's almost something like you said. There was always stuff going on with Julian, but it was a deeper issue of I've never really addressed the death of my brother. I've never really. I've kind of turned from it, and it almost seems like right. now maybe now maybe Luke doesn't have something that deep in his family, but it seems like, like you said, they go there for finding out about their themselves or or their partner, but it ends up being something a lot deeper than that. That's right, and what I try to, you know, my experience tells me that 
usually their love relationship is a mirror of what they have created. And it's about looking at, you know, what do they really want and what are they really discontent with and what are, what's really the issue. And then they're able to kind of create a new love relationship that might be a little healthier, you yep. know? And so that's kind of the journey for some of them. Yeah. And, you know, looking at Luke and Iris, I mean, right now it seems like, oh boy, they've got, they've got some stuff to work through. I don't know what it's going to, to lead to with them. I mean, now on to another couple. <laughs> yes. If, if you were to ask me, What's the one couple I think has no chance of coming out of this together? <laughs> I, I would say Who's that. I would say Tommy and Jillian. That's who. That's who jumps to my mind after two episodes. Because you mean Edgar? Edgar, oh, Edgar and yeah, my, I'm, I'm looking yeah. at Tommy and Jillian because yeah, Tommy because uh, Jillian took their first together. date. Yeah, yeah, and they took their first date last night. So yeah. uh, Edgar and Jillian, uh, only because I think Jillian um, is probably going to be one of the most sought after ones from the single men out there i think she's 21 she's young she's only known edgar i believe in their relationship i think they've been together three years and she's only 21 and edgar's worries are probably validated in that i don't know if she wants to be in a relationship at 21 i think she wants to be single and have fun and she's a girl that will garner very very much attention from single men everywhere first of all all four of the women get more attention than they, you know, they, they get plenty of attention. Yeah. That, that, you know, uh, there's no shortage of attention for any of the four women. They're all, you know, very interesting and beautiful and smart. Um, Jillian and Edgar have a really difficult road. And, and it's so interesting because me being where I am in my life, it's so easy to see in them what the challenges are and it. And and I can relate to it. It's like you fell hard in love, but it's your first love. Mm-hmm. It's not their first boyfriend or girlfriend, but it's their first real love. And they kind of grew each other up in it through college. And it's a really emotional and deep and true love for one another. Although both of them have uh, uh, kind of cheated on one another at some point. So yeah. they've had some bumps, but that's what's difficult about this is that she's very young. And he's very young. And when you fall in love that hard, that young, you're stuck with, you know, what haven't I experienced? And as much as I love this person, am I willing to say, okay, I'm out of the game starting right now for the rest of my life? And that's a really difficult decision to make. You know, so and, it's something to grapple with. Yeah. And last night at the rose ceremony, just the There's just no the, rose ceremony on our show. Gosh, I keep. Why do I keep doing this, Mark? <laughs> at the bonfire, That's okay. yeah. So at the That's bonfire, okay. we see the video, and and this is why I think they're in major trouble because he's at bonfire number one, and Edgar is a crying mess at the very first thing that he sees, which is just, and it's not like Jillian was saying. I think she even specifically said, "It's not like I want to take this promise ring off forever," but that's the way he saw it. And that's the way he's going to relive it in his mind over and over again until probably he sees his next clip, which I'm sure isn't going to be very good either that he's going to. But that's why that's what you're hitting on is one of the things that I think is is different about our show and other shows is that and this happens at bonfires a lot. You'll see a, a clip, they see a clip and I see it with them for the first time. And I've said it many times on the show in many seasons. What did you see? Because I didn't see what you saw. Yeah. Right. So maybe I see her say that and I see her flirting with Tommy about, oh, should I take this off or should I not? And that is maybe not thoughtful to the meaning of what that ring is, but just flirty in the moment stuff. But it means something different to Edgar. And that's why these clips, if you look at them, you know, constructively can actually be really, really informative because it's not really what's in the clip or what actually happened. It's what it brings up for you emotionally that you look at, you know, it brings up a feeling and the feeling is real, whether the clip is real or not. I mean, the clips are real, but out of context, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so that's something I find very interesting that that ring, her just being flippant in the moment, talking about it really mattered to Edgar, where you and I would see that as uh, she didn't take it off. She was just kind of pulling around, you know, kind of making jokes. Yeah. But, you know, it doesn't matter what you and I think. It matters how it lands for them. 
and Edgar seemed, I mean, he seemed devastated by it. And, you know, I yeah. sit back and I watch it. And I'm like, man, if he's getting all bent out of shape about that, I, I can only imagine if he sees her kissing another guy. You know, it's it doesn't seem like this is, like I said, this is the couple that if you ask me, do they have a chance? I say no, but, you know, I don't know what happens. But, but you know, Steve, you can't, you got to remember that um, it's not a black and white thing. Yeah. So we see things like that and go, well, you can't imagine he's going to make it through. That triggers him, but kissing may not trigger him as much. You don't know. Mm -hmm. You don't know what the trigger's about for each couple. And also, every love relationship is unique unto itself. So what would be a deal breaker for you and me is not necessarily a deal breaker for somebody else. And I kind of encourage that. You got to write your own script in that. You know, if, if, if seeing her kiss somebody else isn't a deal breaker for you, then it isn't a deal breaker for you. But if it crushes you, then it is. And it may not be, you know what I mean? It's, it's very much a personal journey, but what's most important about it is that they, you know, that they kind of grapple with the things that are triggering them and have been the problem and, and see if they can either get to the end of it or realize that this is the wrong place to be. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, it is interesting to see, I mean, we, we ended with, you know, the cliffhanger of, uh, of Edgar, really in tears and having trouble speaking that'll pick up next week. And maybe the conversation, you know, turns a certain way to where he's like, okay, you know, I'm all right. I can get through this, you know, it, where they left it certainly leaves a lot to be yeah. desired, but yeah, I can, I can see what you're saying on that particular instance and, and, and what he saw, because I don't think it was, like I said, or like you said, he took it a certain way. We look at right. it as viewers a certain way. And it's not. And matching she meant it. it a certain way. Yeah. And we don't we don't really know what that is, but you know, and and like I tell them, it's like it doesn't really matter what it actually is. It matters what it brings up for you, because that's what you know. I say to them all all the time. The process of this thing is that you have no control over your significant other. So all you can do is work on yourself. You can't sit and pine and worry about. Well, I mean, you can, but you can't control what they say, think, or do. You can only look at what your side of the street is in it, which is a really healthy way of looking at anything, in my opinion. For sure. And so, I, but, uh, I, but it's difficult and I, painful. Sometimes. I think the breakdown of these uh, of these couples so far, if we get to the fourth one, uh, Lascelles and Ashley, another couple that's interesting because we're talking, this is our for sure our long, I'm almost positive, our longest couple together of the four, right? Seven years they've been together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been together a very long time, and they're a victim of being comfortable, I think. Did you see anything? Um, I'm trying to think. Who Lascelles, the one that he kind of, the kind of the one that he kind of really hit it off with is not the one he took on the date. He took Trace on the date and then was giving attention to the other girl, the single that I, I'm forgetting her name right now, but um, he takes Trace on the date. They have a good time. But even she calls him out for, hey, it's it looks like you're being a player. If you're just going to say the same thing to me that you're saying to somebody else, you know, I don't want to – basically, I don't want to be a part of it. Did LaSalle all, – All I'll say is that Trace uh, is a real uh, – she's, she's, she's a real one. She's, she calls it out, and she's honest and strong, and I have a lot of respect for Trace. Yeah, and she, she seemed to put LaSalle in his place, and he was almost like, you know what? Thanks. Thank you for telling me that. I appreciate it because mm – -hmm. I didn't realize I was doing it or I didn't, maybe he did or subconsciously didn't realize he was doing it. But did you get player vibes from LaSellis at all or no? I don't know if I get player vibes from LaSellis, but what I, uh, I, I wouldn't classify him that way. No, I would say that he, you know, he's been in a relationship for a very long time. So his, his, What's the word? It was sophistication when it comes to interpersonal relationships might not be the same. So it's not that he's being a player, but it's that he's playing. Mm. He's you know he's single right now, and it's it's enjoyable, and he's not really sure how to navigate that. And he's giving attention and getting attention from a lot of different places. So I don't think he's like it's a big difference between a manipulative person trying to play people against one another and try to you know a player there's another being sort of naive and not realizing the weight of what you're saying and 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 it could be construed as stringing people along when really in the moment you're just kind of like kind of a puppy you know what i mean yeah 
So, so I, I'm, I'm not so quick to put him in player mode. I, I put him into dating is foreign for him and it's exciting and, and he's trying to figure it out too. Is there any couple not, and not having to do with the end result of this for whatever mm-hmm. happens, to any of these four couples, is there any couples this season that really remind you of a past season couple? I I don't think that way. Yeah. So much, Steve. I I mean, let me think about it for a second. I I. Uh, I mean, there's shades of certain couples with other couples, but I think Hanya and Nash are like no couple we've ever had before. I think. Um, I agree on that I so mean, far. Cells and and Ashley, you could say similar to Julian and Kristen, and that they've been together a very long time. Can't seem to figure that out. But that's where the similarity ends. Um, you know, you've got. Um, I, I really don't know that I would compare uh, Jillian and Edgar to any other couple that we've had before. They're very young, and it's, and he is like um, – he's this really emotional poet, artist guy like we haven't had before on the guy side. Mm-hmm. And um, and Luke and Iris, let me see if I would liken them to anybody in particular. I don't know. Who do you think? I, I, I don't really compare them that way because I try to keep really open to – New season, new people, new thoughts, and if I start going, oh, that's this year's, you know, this year's Ashley or this year's so and so, it's it's really not fair to them, and it makes me start listening to them from a biased way, and that's not not really what's going on here. So I, I really try to be kind of a blank slate with that. Yeah, nothing jumped out to me, I guess, in terms of couple, but there were like individuals within the couple that kind of reminded me of past contestants, like um, Ashley kind of reminded me of and now I'm blanking on her name from last season the one that was with the guy that was just horned up with everybody the um oh um um what was his, name? his name wasn't Eric was it no, it wasn't Eric what was his name the guy that everybody didn't like <laughs> the couple. are you talking about Kendall uh yeah yeah, yeah. Ken wait that was his name right Kendall who was yeah, so Erica. Erica, yeah. Erica, Ashley yeah. kind of reminded yeah. me of Erica. I don't and maybe it, they they kind of almost a young innocence to them. I don't know how young Ashley is. I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, I I, I can't tell you exactly her age. Um I I don't I mean Erica and Ashley don't remind me of one another at all. Okay. Um uh, <laughs> uh Erica was you know her story with Kendall was a different one where I, I felt that she wasn't valuing herself at the level that she needed to value herself. And then she kind of grew that way in Ashley's situation. I, I don't think it's about that. I think she, she's not, it's not a self-esteem issue. I just think there's some things that she's not getting that she'd like, you know, and deserves and, and LaSalle's is not accessing, you know, exactly, you know, yet how important things are and how emotional things are, but he's, working through that you see that even in the first dinner so um you know i think their issues are different i i can see where you can see you know it looks as though he's a player and that's similar to what, what kendall is but i don't see it that way at all i mean uh yeah. is not kendall and and um and ashley is certainly not erica um and that's not a slam on either side of that they're all good people but uh you know it's it's too early you know, you're you're seeing episode two, and you're kind of <laughs> would like to put them in a box, but they don't go in that box. They they're they're different people. Yeah, I I think um, I think one thing that I, I guess surprised me a little bit was the first talk that Ashley had with Mike, um, the mm-hmm. guy the guy she ended up going on a date with, where she came back before the couples had split up, and she came back in that first dinner, and mm-hmm. was really emotional about. I cannot believe that I met this guy. He was great. I feel like I've you know known him forever, whatever the case may be. And to see her that emotional about somebody she just had a talk with um, kind of struck me because Mike seems like an oddball to me. Not not, not necessarily I, a bad way. He I'll just seems kind you. of off the – he just kind of seems a little odd. Sure, <laughs> but I heard her differently than that. I heard her get a taste of attention – and thoughtfulness that she'd been missing. And I don't know that she was, she may have thought I'm having a real connection with this guy, but what I heard, and maybe that's me projecting on her, was this, what the tears were about were not so much that she's afraid that she's falling for someone else, 
but that she just saw a taste and it didn't really matter if it was Mike or anybody else that let her know what she had been not paying attention to is that there was some attention that she had missed, has been missing, and there it was, and that the tears were about, and I don't feel that with you in these past years. Yeah. With, uh, yeah for seven so that's what I took that to be. But again, that's that's very much what the show is, is that we all see it and project and and uh, and you know, make it what we think it is. But to me, when I heard her say that, it wasn't that, oh my God, it was the first night and I fell for somebody, although that was kind of her words. I think it was really more about it was the first night and I got attention that was so different than what I've been getting and it was so missed and that choked her up because it kind of put a it put a like a an exclamation point on why she was feeling uneasy with Lascelles anyway. Yeah, I, I really I, I really felt for her in that moment because I almost you know, saw it myself where I was just like, Wow, she She's the longest one relationship wise here of the four couples and and here she is just if I'm Lascelles in that point, I'm like, oh boy, I, I have missed the boat on some things in our relationship and I'm already seeing it now and we haven't even split up yet. And and I and think he probably ways. heard that. Yeah. I think he heard it. And I think he has some, you know, some growth he needed to go through to be able to access how he's feeling or at least not access it, but at least express it. But uh, like I said, it's very early. A lot happens on the show, as you know. Yeah. And uh, we're just getting started. So obviously, we're not gonna. You're not gonna spoil anything that happens the rest of the season. But what can you tease in terms of upcoming? I mean, I'm sure we're gonna have some explosive bonfire clips, some explosive bonfire reactions. Um, is there is there anything that happens this season that we haven't seen in a previous season? without going into detail of what it is? Uh, that's a tough question. Let me see. Well, there's a, a couple of things that we haven't seen uh, as it pertains to format. There's um, hmm. a surprise in, in the vote-off. Okay. Um, I mean, not the vote-off, but, you know, when people get sent home. And uh, there are a couple of surprises there. Look, it, it, I know it's easy to compare it to last seasons of we've seen it this, we've seen it that, we've seen it this. But to me, even though they're similar to things that have happened in the past, they're all different. So um, the connections are different. They take a different shape. They have different emotion to them. And while some of the moving parts are similar, you know, you know, this one makes out with that one or this, these two do that. Um, I try not to compare them because they are completely different. So there are surprises coming up. They will be similar to things that have happened in the past. But um, each, each time it's, uh, it's pretty unique unto the people involved yeah and i think i i I totally get what you're saying on that because you can say like oh sex happens this season and we've seen sex happen in the past between a single and someone from a couple but the way it's the way it's either shown or the way it's interpreted by the person on the receiving end that's the other part of the relationship that's seeing it is two completely different things i mean we just yeah it's like it's like saying it's like saying you watch the bachelor and did they have sex on their you know their final dates well that happens almost every season but it they you can't compare them yeah <laughs> you know what i mean you can't compare that it's a different thing so do people have sex on on this season well you'll have to watch and see but probably won't be disappointed if that's what you wanted to see <laughs> uh but i look at it from a first of all i've learned to not judge people's sexuality and behavior you know, what's right for them is right for them, and choices they make are choices they make, and they aren't good or bad. They just are choices. It's really easy to sit in judgment, and we all want to sit in judgment, but that's really not what I try to do in the scene I'm in, which people think I do, but I, I really don't. So everybody's line of what's cool and what's not cool is different. And, uh, and so that's why one person's behavior that's similar to last season's behavior is not the same thing right? The context matters. You know, the relationship matters and how that, what the way they are matters, you know, and maybe look for my wife and I, a kiss would be a deal breaker. Yeah. Right. Possibly for (laughs) others. That's not such a big deal. You know, it's about an emotional thing. It's not about the physical. So, you know, I, I try not to put it in that box. Yeah. And I think, I think 
just going back to past seasons, you have, you know, um, I'm, I'm forgetting her name, but the one that had sex with KB on the first night, but ended up at the end of the journey. Staying, That's right. Staying with, um, uh, with Rick, with Rick, and Ashley then, and Rick. Yeah. Ashley and Rick. And then you take season one. We all know what happened with Casey and Evan, where it was just complete devastation. Yeah. And he left the Island with another woman and ended up getting engaged to her. So yeah, that's right. It's it's two completely sex happened with both of them, but yet two completely different outcomes of how they were able to get past it in Rick and Ashley's case, at least for the short term, and then and then Evan and, and Casey were done. You know, pretty much. Here, the here's that the happened. thing. Here's the thing. This show is not like other shows. Very. We not, have very four much couples, so. not yeah. one. Yeah. Right. We have four couples, not one. We have eight individuals. Right. It's not one person vying for the love of, of one person. It's eight moving parts. And then on the other end, you got 12 and 12. And each person's experience is really personal to them and different. And the issues that, and this is the part that I think really makes a difference is that the reason they came and the reason they're there and the reason there's a problem in the relationship has to do with issues they have either with themselves or in the relationship. So that's what they grapple with, not so much grappling with who can I fall in love with, you know, in a, in a dating show where they're all single and it's just trying to find love. It's a different journey. This one is really grappling with what, what does a love relationship look like? What have I created and what's manifested now? And then what is the shift I need to make to make it healthier? Right. And yeah. so that is very different for everybody because everybody's issues are different. And so, you know, that's, that's, that's what I think makes this watchable and different. Do you ever, do you ever get frustrated at bonfires or even in, in talks with when you, I mean, Bonfire is pretty much the place that you do do most of your talking with them individually. If you feel that they're your message to them, because you always give great advice, that your message to them is either being ignored, just kind of going in one ear and out the other, or you are you empathetic to the point that, hey, I've, you know, I get it. I'm older. I've been through the wars in terms of relationships. I've been married for X amount of years they're at a point where I, where even if I explain it in the best way that I can, at the age that they're at and the the least the less experience that they have at this, I get why they won't why they're not why it's not connecting with them just yet. Well, let me answer that a little bit. Let, let, let me let me be honest with you. Well, I'm always honest with you. Let me yeah. let me try to be clear on this. There are many times where I am trying to help them see a point that they seem to, that we all, and I've said it before, like we're in the bonfire. I'm like, I'll, I'll turn to make sure that I'm not wrong. I'll turn to the other women and say, are you seeing the same thing I'm seeing? And they'll nod. Yes. And the one person can't see it. Well, that's a, that's a very real experience. We all have blind spots. It's very easy to see. And that's why this is watchable is that, it's very easy for those of us who aren't emotionally invested or emotionally involved in a relationship to see what's going on and go, well, there it is. But when you're in it, it's really difficult to see. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't phrase it the way you did in that I get frustrated because they won't get the point that I'm trying to get them to get. I get frustrated and sometimes raise my voice and get rougher with them <clears throat> when I feel like they're not trying to look at what we're looking at that they are sort of trying to dodge it or, 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 you know, not be honest with themselves. So, especially when it's about self-esteem. So when I'm saying you need to hold yourself, we, do you, have you considered holding yourself in a valuable spot? Like you, you were worth having the kind of love. When I say to them, what kind of love do you want? Can you, can you describe it? And they can't seem to articulate it. And, I'm looking at the other guys or the other girls and they're going, I get it. You know, we are all with you on this. Then I ask for them to help, you know, am I wrong? Can you tell her what you're seeing, what you're feeling? So yeah, there are plenty. Look, you see these bonfires cut down. They go on for a very long time. Yeah. And for me, it's a, you know, it is a very unscripted, very real conversation where a lot of stuff happens. And, um, 
you know, we forget we're on TV. We're really trying to just work through some real emotions. So, yeah, there are times where I get stronger with them like I would with anybody or they people would with me if the point we're trying to get to is is difficult, you know, or if they're not being honest with themselves. You know, I might, you know, kind of be a little stronger handed with them. But I always try to do it from a place of love. I hope and I always try to let them know that this is that I'm it's never a judgment on my end. It's a it's a I, I'll say to them, look, I want you to be as committed to you finding love as I am committed to you finding love. I think that, and I, yeah. I, I was going to say, I think that's one of the cool things that I've seen over the, the first three seasons. And I'm sure I'll see it in season four is I, I see the light go off or I see you almost perk up when one of the couples or one of the singles within the couple finally gets it and almost and 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 hits that point of either a I'm accepting this of myself or I, I now realize this about myself and you get so happy and I can you know almost see it in your in your smile in your eyes mm-hmm. that, that and it and it's really cool to see because I just think that it's almost like a moment where you know, these people are, are realizing something that they, when they went to the island, they probably never even thought they were going to realize. And well, that's those are the greatest moments for me because I yeah. know what they're like for me. Yeah, personally, when and I, and I can see it, me. I can see it in your face. You know, well, what I what I'm saying is, there are blind spots we all have, and I know several times in my life there have been these big blind spots that you carry around for years, and then someone says something that moves a mountain out of the way, and then. Your personal lights go off. They're like, oh, my – go on. Like, oh, my goodness. Wow. And things become really crystal. So whenever our conversation – and it's not me telling them, but our conversation brings them to some sort of lights going on that they see something that has been behavior that they have been having their whole life that could now have a potential to change, well, that's encouraging to me. That's, that's the, the payoff for the pain of growth. And I love that. I love seeing that, and I love being a part of it if I can be in any way, shape, or form. And I love it when I see it from the singles helping them get there because that happens too this season. We have some singles, and we've had in the past, that really are really intelligent and really help these people grow. So I I do. Yeah, you're right. The lights go on for me. I get very excited when they see some relief or they see something that makes them feel better. You know, I, I love that. That's what I want for them all. Yeah. And it's almost it's almost a validation like, hey, this this isn't. You know, yeah, it's TV and we're having fun out here, but this can work if you let it. And it's almost like validating what you're doing out there. It's it helps when somebody realizes something that they didn't because that's what they're going out there for, not just to date a bunch of singles and hook up. It's it's a lot deeper than that. And um, you don't want but it to be it pigeonholed. Can be. Yeah. And we make the point this season, probably a little bit more specifically than I have in the past that. You know, while this is an extreme situation, it is not necessarily an advisable one for most people. Um, I feel and we feel that the more you lean into it, the more there is to get out of it. Exactly. So the more you are and and it's not leaning into what's wrong with your partner, but leaning into what who am I and what is my definition of a love relationship? And the more you lean into Self-exploration, the more that you will learn about yourself, which will make everything um, clearer. Well, I can't wait to see how the rest of this plays out. I'm already, obviously, two episodes in, and I can't wait to see the end result. I'm probably going to be wrong on most of my predictions. I, th- I, think, I'm wrong. <laughs> I think I'm wrong on most of them every season. Like I was Well, just... let me tell you what I said about that, because I get asked that a lot. What are your predictions, and are you right, and do you see it? I'm like, I, I realize that my predictions are always wrong, and then I realize why. It's because who they come to the island as, who, the, who those couples are when they arrive, are not who those people are when they leave. Yeah. So you could predict if they didn't change what might happen, but who they become is so different that you couldn't predict it. There's, you know, it's eight new people. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. So that's, that's why it's difficult to predict. And, you know, for the guilty pleasure standpoint, fun to watch. Yeah. I, so, yeah, it's a, and this, I appreciate you watching and uh, and uh, all of uh, all of your listeners and uh, and uh, followers. Oh yeah, watching it's no, great. It's definitely um, it's definitely a guilty pleasure. Uh, I'm glad it's it's back on. We're we're back in Temptation Island season. The other sh- <laughs> the other show just ended, so this is the only dating show that I'm interested in watching right now. 
Um, Great. So, yeah, uh, we're looking forward to it. You can catch it on every Wednesday night on the USA Network at 9, 8 Central. Mark, you're always a great guest. I love having you 10, on. 10, 9 Central. 10, 9, 10, 9 Central. 10, 9 yeah. Central. That's right. Um, Don't miss us. Don't miss it. Yeah, and I appreciate you coming on every season and doing this, it. and uh, we will keep in touch and be, and be in touch in the future. Great talking to you, pal. You got it, Mark. All right, bye. Bye. Thank you so much again for Mark for coming on. He comes on every year to give us a little rundown of what to expect this season on Temptation Island. And again, sorry about the interview. I mean, I think I asked the questions that I wanted to, but just so many brain farts in that. Forgot what time it started. Forgot contestants' names. Forgot who went on dates. Like, I was just, ugh. Hated I did that. But I think you know what I was getting at with, with every question I was after. But yeah. Temptation Island airs Wednesday nights, USA Network at 10, 9 Central, every Wednesday night. Last night was episode two. Go watch it if you haven't. It's a good one. We start our first bonfire. We only got Luke and Edgar at the bonfire, so next week we'll end up with Lascelles. And I apologize for calling Lascelles a couple times. I know that, even though I know his name's Lascelles. Lascelles came out of my mouth, and I don't, I don't understand why. <laughs> Uh, Lascelles and Hanya are going to be to start off next week's episode, and then obviously the women will get their first bonfire uh, right after Lascelles and Hanya. So check that out next week. If you missed the beginning of the podcast and the things that I kind of went over there, um, as you know, we are looking at... 34 of 35 men on Gabby and Rachel's season have been identified. They are on my Instagram account, in my stories. They're on my feed. They're on my Twitter account. You can't miss them. I'll even put a link to it today in in the column that I write as well. So, yeah. So now when, we're, when they're out and about and filming starts on Saturday and we're out and about, we'll be able to recognize who's who and who's on what date. And hopefully I'll, you know, look, every season is different. In L.A. last season – for for Clayton season, the three episodes that they shot in LA, not one date got out. There were no pictures. So, and then all four hometowns, not one picture. Even though I, even though I had all the hometowns spoiled for you, no pictures got out. So you almost had to just take my word for it. Imagine that. But we just don't know. Every season is different. We had more we had more photos come out when they started traveling than they did in LA. We had pictures from Houston. We had pictures from Canada. Well, I shouldn't say we. I had pictures from Houston, had pictures of Canada. There were a couple that got out in Croatia. We just don't know. Every season's different. But I know none got out in L.A. And so we've got, you just, we just never know. But filming starts Saturday. Sunday will be an off day when the men move into the mansion. And then it'll be Monday, date. Tuesday date, Wednesday date, Thursday rose ceremony, Friday date, Saturday date, Sunday date, Monday rose ceremony, leave or take a day break and then leave uh, either Tuesday or probably Wednesday for Paris. And that would be Wednesday the, what, uh, 5th, 6th, 7th? Uh, Wednesday is Wednesday the 6th. So going by that schedule, knowing that they start now on Saturday, that means um, date, 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 rose ceremony, date, 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 rose ceremony. Rose ceremony number three will be Monday, April 4th. So either they're going to leave on the 5th to go to Paris and take the 6th off and start filming in Paris on the 7th or stay in L.A. an extra day on the 5th, leave on the 6th, and start filming on the 7th. So just know they're going to Paris after L.A. And then they're staying in Europe from what I hear, I just haven't gotten the other countries confirmed yet. So there you go. Hope you all enjoyed the podcast. Please rate, subscribe, and review in Apple Podcasts. It certainly helps our podcast. There are things going on behind the scenes that you're not aware of, but you will start hearing some things a little bit differently in the podcast in terms of a lot more host reads. You're going to start hearing me, again, do more uh, host-read um, stuff for product. Like last week, Green Chef. I, ho- I hope you guys listen to that Green Chef ad. You literally get 20 meals for free and free shipping. Go to greenchef.com backslash realitysteve130 or type in the code realitysteve130 
get $130 off Green Chef meals. And they're about 7 bucks a meal. So you do the math. Almost 20 meals that you get for free and free shipping. So go check that out. That's greenchef.com backslash realitysteve130 or type in the code realitysteve130. But you're going to start hearing more and more host red ads coming up. I signed with a new podcast partner. I'm very excited about it. And I'm very excited about the ads we can bring you and you know stuff tailored towards you, which is mostly a, a female listening base. So hope to get that stuff to you uh, soon. Stuff's brewing right now. We're signing contracts, dot and I's, cross and T's. So for Mark Wahlberg, I'm Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in to podcast number 279, and we will talk to you next week. See ya!